Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good. Fired up about finding out our bowl destination. We'll have a uh, bowl destination known uh, no later than Sunday. And uh, looks like Dallas, Orlando, or Miami. Uh, I, I don't think there's any other. Uh, I don't think there's any other options, right? Have you heard a potential fourth option? I mean, it's certainly not going to be the Sugar Bowl. If Georgia beats LSU, they'll both be in the playoff. But 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 in that instance, I don't think the Sugar Bowl would invite Alabama. I think they would probably invite Florida. But I don't know. I think some of it might be uh, dictated by where these teams are in the playoff rankings. So, you know, I, I think where Alabama's ranked in the final uh, second second to the last uh, playoff rankings might be a huge factor as well. But you know, I think right now, if I had to bet money on things, I, I would say we're going to end up in Dallas or Orlando. But yeah, and I'll tell you, you I kind of, yeah, I think I would, I don't know, I guess I would prefer Dallas. Uh, the only reason I don't want Dallas um, is because of the competition, which would probably be Memphis or Boise State. And I don't mind playing that game if we don't have a lot of sit outs for the bowl game. If we have a lot of sit-outs for the bowl game, then I would prefer we go somewhere like Orlando or Miami um, because I think that uh, if we played somebody like a Virginia, let's say, look, Virginia is not as good as Memphis or Boise State to start with, and Memphis and Boise State probably aren't going to have a lot of sit-outs, so they're going to play with their hair on fire. So I would prefer right. if we're going to play somebody like that, I want to beat them. I don't, I don't want to give anybody any more fodder for – hey, this is why these guys should be in the playoffs. I think if we play them, we got to beat them. Yeah, I want to – and this is what – I mean, we, we've read a lot of the Dynasty is Dead columns by various writers, and while I admit that uh, that there's probably a little more beef to those articles this time around as opposed to the last few times they've declared the Dynasty Dead, I admit there's more beef uh, – if you if you want to spray some napalm on that fire, uh, go lose to Memphis. Uh, yeah. Then then our obituary will be written by everyone who covers sports. If you lose the bowl game to Memphis or Virginia or even Minnesota in Orlando, I mean, uh, you lose you lose that game. The dynasty will be declared dead, and it will be very difficult for us to argue otherwise until we see signs of dominance, and you know, in the fall. And who, who knows if that will be the case? So, yeah, we need to win this. We need to win this ball game. No, I agree, and it also would keep the streak of eleven straight. I mean, our eleven win seasons intact. Win seasons. And mm-hmm. I also think that uh, if you look back at the Michigan State game where we just came out and whipped a bunch of ass. I mean, they're Spartans that are still stuck in the cleats of Mark Ingram and Julio Jones and and the like. I mean, we just beat the fire out of them. And um, one of the funniest things ever, and ironically, a lot of people that probably listen to this podcast may not have even been old enough to access the Internet at the time to see this. But uh, if you I don't know if there was a it's meltdown time site back then. But if there had been, it would have been every post from a certain Michigan State 
uh, message board, which was just absolutely was hilarious. Cool. They were so – It was. They, so they were in awe of our talent. Football fan. It, yeah. it was one of my all-time favorite highlights as a football fan of all time was the hilarious Michigan State message board post about what we did to that team. It was all very – it was all very funny, or it certainly was funny on our end. I don't know how much laughing they were doing, but I was laughing at at the uh, at the post. And yes, I mean the last two times that we have played in a bowl that was not the postseason championship situation was 2013 after the kick six, and we lost to Oklahoma. And while I don't necessarily think we quote didn't show up, I, we didn't play with. We didn't play as well as we can. I mean, there's no question that's true. In 2010, like you said, we, we, we played fantastic in, in this situation. The time before that was the 08 Utah loss, where like the Oklahoma game, we just sort of didn't play well. And, and it was fair to question the effort. I know this. We, we need to see 2010 Citrus Bowl. We need to see that Michigan State game repeated because all that game did was kick off back-to-back national championship seasons. And I think that 2010 game, frankly, was the spark. It had a lot to do with it. It showed us how good we could be when we fire on every cylinder. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, it was almost back-to-back-to-back national championships, really, if it weren't for the kick six. So, uh, speaking of more reasons to dislike Auburn, there you go. Um, (laughs) So yesterday we were going to get into recruiting and we didn't. I think today is probably a good day because there are some mobile area prospects that mm-hmm. have either made some moves all of a sudden or have made commitments. There have also been some shakeups in the Rivals 100, which uh, some of which were in Alabama's favor. Bryce Young goes to, I think, the number three player uh, in their system, which takes them to the number six on the composite of 24-7. And then, of course, Lee Hunter, a guy that you've always liked, a defensive lineman from Blunt High School, commits to Auburn, a five-star kid, very big, everything you kind of want in a defensive tackle. And he's only a junior, class of 2021. Alabama's got some time, and who knows what's going to happen given Gus's uh, tenuous uh, perch on the on the Auburn hierarchy. But, you know, it, it it is not ideal to have somebody commit to Auburn. Although I got to say, Demoy Kennedy was once committed to Auburn. Quindarius Robbins was once mm-hmm. committed to Auburn. I mean, the, you know, T.J. Yeldon was once committed to Auburn. I mean, you can go down the list of guys that Alabama eventually flipped. But I think at this point, it's probably getting harder and harder to do that. And unless Gus does lose his gig, which is certainly a possibility awesome. uh, sometime next year, then I think that um, Lee Hunter may be one that it does end up sticking. Yeah, I would guess right now that it is going to stick and that Lee Hunter will will sign with Auburn one year from now, and he's a very, very good prospect. I've I've compared him to Nick Fairley. Uh, We all saw what kind of a dominating presence he was in his final season or two at Auburn. I think Lee Hunter can be the same type player. If anything, though, Lee Hunter's bigger than Fairley was at the same age. I I think Nick Fairley went into his senior year about 265. Lee Hunter will be north of 300 pounds. But uh, he's an extremely active. Don't think of him as a Terrence Cody. This kid is extremely active. Uh, I think Marcel Darius is a pretty good comparison as well. Uh, just that sort of kid. But, you know, as to why uh, he didn't strongly consider Alabama, who did offer him. Alabama offered him back in October, about a month or two ago. Um, 
I'm sure the lateness of Alabama's offer is a big story. I mean, it's a big story to me. I just happen to be a big believer in early offers and, and having long-standing relationships. Auburn, Auburn offered him over a year ago. LSU offered him over a year ago. They've been working uh, you know, with him for a long time. Uh, but you know, one thing about fan, you know, we're all just fans. Me and Luke, we're, we're just fans. Everybody listening to the show, you're just fans. <laughs> we know when it comes to recruiting, we know some things. We know some facts, but we never know all of them. And, you know, I could be really upset and rant and go, ah, oh, you should never lose a five-star for Mobile, you know. And, but I, I don't know every fact necessary to know whether this is – did we drop the ball? Could it not be helped? And, hey, evaluations in the eye of the beholder. I mean, it is – I mean, right now, right now as we speak, 32 NFL teams sort of getting ready to prepare for the draft. There are two scouts in a room vastly more qualified to evaluate talent than myself, and they're watching, let's say, just pick a name, uh, the defensive end from Iowa, Espineza, is that his name? The defensive end from Iowa. Uh, I think it is Espineza. Espineza, yeah. What? One of the scouts may be saying, this guy is a slam dunk top 10 guy. We, we, we should take him in the top 10. And the other guy's saying, if we take him anywhere before the third round, we are wasting our pick. And one of them will prove to be right. The other one will prove to be wrong. But that conversation happens everywhere. I mean, evaluations can be much different. Uh, it, it, the beauties in the odd beholder is never a truer statement when it comes to recruiting. It could be that Alabama looks at this guy and says, don't like him, don't like him, won't translate well, doesn't have a great body, he's only going to get heavier. If he gets heavy-legged, he'll be useless. Uh, or for any number of reasons, character, grades, uh, any number of things that, that are just sort of unknown to us. Uh, so I, I'm not going to be super critical, you know, uh, but let's just be fair and say it's disappointing when there's a national elite talent as evaluated by most and uh he's not going to end up at at alabama even though he's an in-state kid and you know whatever the problems alabama may have with him uh i'll tell you a few programs who didn't have a problem with him: auburn lsu georgia tennessee florida state florida usc texas ohio state <laughs> they, they all wanted him so Anyway, we'll see uh, what happens. Uh, the 21 class is outstanding all over Alabama. It's great in the Mobile area. It's great all over the state. 21 looks to be an historically great year in Alabama, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, and uh, certainly, you know, there's Dylan Brooks over at Handley, and there's uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry, another five-star out there. It does look to be a, a very good year in Alabama. I mean, it does appear to me maybe a little top heavy because of those three, five stars and then a few four stars right. and then a boatload of, of three stars. But yeah, I think, we, you know, this is hard for Alabama fans to stomach and, and deal with because it feels like, okay, um, we just lost the iron bowl, lost, just lost the chance to play for uh, in the playoffs, just lost chance, obviously already lost chance to play for an SEC title. Well, you think about all the things we lost this year. I mean, you just got, I was just thinking of this. Um, lost a chance to win a Heisman Trophy. Lost a chance for any wide receiver to win the Bolitnikoff again. Um, it, I, I don't guess they've 
announced that offensive line award, but I, I think our guys were finalists, but I wouldn't suspect they would win it. Lost a chance to win any kind of linebacker award, like the, I guess the Lombardi for uh, Dylan Moses when he was hurt at the beginning of the season. Um, gosh, you know, lost Lee Hunter, uh, the the best committed prospect in the 2021 class out of the state so far. Yikes, man. We've lost a lot here. Probably lost a chance for a Tua to go uh, number one in the draft. Hell, I'm depressing myself. I need to shut up. <laughs> it does feel like uh, all the bad news is left. Hopefully, maybe we turn it around with a good basketball win Friday night against what is clearly a quality Stephen F. Austin team that beat Duke on the road. They're not be too indim- intimidated playing Alabama and Coleman Coliseum after beating Duke, uh, you know, in Cameron. So uh, maybe we get a big basketball win Friday and it starts to feel like we're turning this thing around. Um, I'll give you some good news. This isn't news by any means. I'm not breaking any news, but I have repeatedly stated I expect 10 juniors to leave, which would be just a stunning number. To my knowledge, it would be the most to ever leave one program in a single season I don't think it's ever happened to, to any college football team that 10 left. And I've been projecting that pretty consistently. Uh, there's no news on that. And there won't be because these guys have over a month to make that decision. Uh, some will make it sooner because uh, of the bowl game. And, and they may make a decision to come out and not play in the bowl, but they don't have to make the decision until January 20th. So there's no news and there's not going to be news. <clears throat> I'll just say that, uh, there are uh, maybe whispers or, or leanings that, that it won't be 10 or, or that, you know, it, it may not be 10 after all. It might be more like five or six. And while that's still very painful, <laughs> five or six is more survivable than 10. So, you know, can't call it news, but uh, let's just say there's increasing optimism that it won't be 10 that are leaving. Um, well, that would be huge, uh, and depending on – really, it doesn't even matter which of the four or five decide to stay. I mean, I would sus- surmise that maybe somebody like a Dylan Moses, um, who I, I still see in these mock drafts going in the first round, but I have to remind myself all the time that the guys doing these mock drafts most of the time are probably just NFL beat writers, and they're kind of like, right. yeah, let's go over – let's let's use our list that we had for a while – and not really get caught up in uh, what actual scouts are saying right the, at the minute. And and I've seen some people say things like, yeah, we know he's he's had a debilitating knee injury, but, um, well, the NFL is not going to do it that way so much. So I would suspect somebody like him may be back. Um, and maybe one of the receivers, that'd be, that'd be wonderful. You know, if two of them came back, I'd jump for joy. The one I would – look, here's the thing. I think we can mark off some guys from coming back. I think you can mark – Jerry right. Judy, a memory. You can mark Judy, yeah. Najee Harris, a memory. You can say uh, Tua. Uh, I mean, look, I can't even put any hope out there that Tua is going to remain. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I, I really don't think so. I, I've gotten to the point I will be stunned if Tua comes back. And uh, the good news with that, this is what I believe, what I'm hearing, what I believe. I believe Tua's NFL draft prospects aren't as dire as we initially thought. I think there is still, I will even say, an excellent chance that Tua goes in the top 10. An excellent chance. And a near certainty to go in the first round, which would justify coming out, period. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's too good to pass on. Somebody like he could end up somewhere like the Patriots to sit behind Brady for one year while he's rehabbing. I mean, just think about how wonderful that'd be for him. Exactly. So, and I think if that's kind of a worst case scenario, go at the end to New Orleans, Green Bay, or New England, who who, who might all be in the market for a quarterback of the future. That seems ideal for them. Um, so, kind of reminds me of what Green Bay did when they drafted Aaron Rodgers. I think 26, uh, you know, when they when, when when they were certain to have, you know, far for another two or three seasons. And uh, that decision uh, has produced a lot of wins for Green Bay since that time. And you can see Tua doing something like that. But I, I, I hear that uh, in terms of information being gathered at this point, uh, that, that they're, they're still thinking he can be a top 10 pick, probably sliding to quarterback number three or lower but still a first-round pick. Um, so yeah, Tua, by the way, Najee, Judy, Najee and Judy went pro after their third year. They made that decision when they were in the twelfth grade. <laughs> These are kids that decided then. Uh, yeah, I'll play in college three years, and then I'm and then I'm leaving. And then what, what happened in college is almost secondary to to that decision. That that decision was put to bed a while back for 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 kids like them and, and uh, you know, that they should leave. Judy's going to be a first round pick. I, I, any kid that's going to be drafted the first round should have everyone's blessing to, well, good luck. Um, Najee, uh, like all running backs, they have very short careers, very short shelf lives. NFL running backs are, are retired and put out to pasture at the age of 29. So if you're a running back and you're able to play in the NFL, go the first moment you can because your career is going to be short-lived. So no one should be upset about Tua, Najee, or Judy. And as to the other uh, seven juniors uh, that all have difficult decisions to make, uh, a lot of it's just going to depend on the information they gather, their personal situations. And if we get any of them back, I I think it's cause for huge celebration. It's unexpected as far as I'm concerned. All right, I'm going to be honest with everybody out there. Um, I'm supposed to do a live read, and I have somehow lost my paper to do the live read. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to going to try and do this on the fly with Audible.com. You need to go check it out. That's all I can tell you. Uh, it has all the You're books you possibly want. You're making I'm making an audible. an audible. I'm calling an audible for audible.com. This is fantastic. You know what I might do? I might just say audible.com, 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 because I'll tell you, this is true. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I've used audible.com. It's awesome. And it, uh, it, it really is great. So go check it out. And I've just lost my email and I tried to email really quickly while you were going off um, that one of our contacts to say, Hey, send me that back very quickly. Because we're getting to a point in the podcast when I have to do this live read for audible.com, audible.com, audible.com. And um, and she didn't get it to me in time, but that's not her fault. It's my fault. I'm not blaming the refs. Have, I'm blaming me. Um, but, we have several good so anyway, uh, sponsors. We have several good sponsors. Roman. Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped. Audible. Audible. Uh, the, the Dash. The, uh, DoorDash. The, the Food. DoorDash is awesome. Boy, I'm telling you, listening to our show is a wealth of help for you. 
Oh, it's just it's nothing but it's good for the body and spirit. And um, Roman and Manscaped, by the way, should be purchased together. By the way, that's our that's our tip for the day. Get get both. I think get you can both. purchase them. And, listen, if you purchased all four of these things together, your night is done. Yeah, I mean, you sit there, you listen to your book, you got your manscaping going on, your Roman stuff, and, I, you, and you, your food's coming call, to your door. Right that's the I think the it call. would be, yeah, but it would be very crucial in which order you do each of these things. Don't do DoorDash last. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway. DoorDash is okay. not first. DoorDash is not first. I agree. DoorDash is last. Well, Audible might be last. Don't you want to read a book before you go to sleep, maybe? Or listen to your book. Listen to your book as you drift off to sleep after your fine meal that was delivered to the door and after your fantastic date with your lady. Your good lady good. friend. Good lady yeah, friend. Uh, sure. I mean, I, you know, I guess you that's, that's one way to do it. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm just, by the way, I, I don't know where I started on this, but Barrett Salee just put out an article that uh, somebody in our little text chain sent us. And it basically is word porn for Auburn fans as one of our friends put it. And it is, is basically saying that Auburn should embrace Gus Malzahn's flaws and just accept the fact that he's not the best coach ever and live with him and understand that he has schooled Saban yet again, which that narrative is so, uh, uh, oh, it just, it just, it just sickens me because as some of our other friends have pointed out, oh, okay, yeah, this is kind of fine for both people then, both fans, because Saban's going to wax the floor with Auburn two out of three years, and then every other year or so, maybe every once every three or four years, Auburn's going to have a moment where we doink another field goal because that's what we do, and we are going to continue to do that. Uh, that's our MO. That's how people know us. So – why is Gus only smarter than Nick in the home games? You know, how, because, how come man, Gus look, he, only outsmarts Nick in Jordan Hare? He doesn't seem to outsmart him in Bryant Denny too often. Did he well, outsmart him in 2010 when he put that freak Cam Newton on the field? No. Well, here's the other thing that a lot of Auburn fans I know would say that Gus outcoached him in 2014. And I'm saying, did he really? Because – Alabama, yeah, Alabama was down going into the fourth or right at the end of the third in that game. You're right. They, they were. And then they won the game 55-44 because Auburn put up a late touchdown that meant nothing. And so essentially Alabama beat them by double digits when they were when Auburn had a significant lead and was moving the ball very well, and your genius couldn't figure out how to hold the lead. So look, I, well, I get well, so tired. Alabama every had time, a defensive back. Alabama had a defensive back playing quarterback in that game. That's true. And here's the look, you know, arguably, though, if Auburn's counterpoint, they had a defensive back playing quarterback, too. <laughs> they just <laughs> they, they had did. a defensive back playing more adapt to their system. But um, they did. Yeah, Good point. You know, I just I'm just so tired of this argument every time. And it's not like we lose all the time. Now, we have lost more than we're used to over the last 365 days. That is undeniable. I get it. We've given up a lot more points. I get that, too, um, which is why I think we're going to have to have a scapegoat, and I think that scapegoat will be Pete Golding. But, you know, at the same time, we're, we're still pretty damn good, everybody. I mean, look, who else could if, – if Ohio State lost Justin Fields 
and they lost. I don't know name who's they have a badass linebacker whose name escapes me right now. But if they lost, uh, I'm sure they've got a Bosa on the team. They got to have a Bosa if they lost a Bosa. They got Shane um, Young. Us losing yeah, Dylan they, Moses is no different than Ohio State losing uh, Chase Young. There you go. There you go. They lose Chase Young and Justin Fields. And, you think that Justin they Fields. get through their schedule. And you know what? They might get through their schedule unbeaten because they beat Michigan's ass. It doesn't matter the time, day, or place. Well, it's easy to foresee with just the loss of those two guys, Ohio State losing two games out of their 12 by a total of eight points. It's easy to see that. Um, now, I know they beat the crap out of everybody, and they are the best team in the country. And Alabama lost more than just the quarterback and Dylan Moses. That's true. I do think injuries top the list when you're talking about things that went wrong in 2019. I don't think it's the only thing. I think there's a lot of things we got to fix. But uh, whew, Alabama's injury luck was uh, ungood. I mean, we talked about it all summer on our, on our podcast. Uh, we talked about it all summer. I remember having an episode where we discussed who can we not lose? And it wasn't even really a discussion. We can't lose Dylan. We can't lose Tua. And who did we lose? There you have it. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. I think um, I, I believe that we can say now, look, if you're an Alabama fan, you're going to take some grief for Auburn winning and for, even for LSU winning and not making the playoffs. And everybody's going, you know, giving you hell. And SEC Shorts is putting up a funny video, which was pretty damn funny if you've seen it. Um, I have not seen and it. There's a new Alabama. It's, Alabama it's funny. It's, it's like – it's it's about Alabama trying to sneak its way into the playoffs. It's funny. Um, you have to see it to to get what even, I'm saying. Even after the loss to Auburn. Yeah, it was after the loss to Auburn. It was like you know Alabama, like the you just got to see it, man. I can't. Oh yeah, I'm, oh, I'm blow I'm by blow this mother. It. I'm gonna put a I'm link on it. An audible, and I'm heading to it when this podcast <laughs> is over. Uh, yeah, it's funny, but anyway, audible.com, um, audible.com, audible.com. <laughs> I think what we do is. If you're if you're to keep your sanity, I think you're going to need to chalk this season up to you know what. A lot of things went against us. It wasn't our year. It sucks. Um, I know we're going to take some grief, but then I think the next time that somebody else is turned over the barrel, and they you know bitch and whine and complain about the officials and they shouldn't have spotted it this way and they they started the clock too soon or they didn't give us enough time to get off the field, we can say here have a nice warm glass or we don't give a shit. Because we've already been there. <laughs> and, you know, when I was a, a student in Alabama, and even after, because I've been there several times, not in a while, that's a shame, but I remember walking through Bryant Museum and looking at all the various cool stuff, and I specifically recall looking at trophies. And in, in the museum, there is Sugar Bowl trophy uh, for, for, you know, wins in the Sugar Bowl. There's an Orange Bowl trophy in there. There's a Cotton Bowl trophy. And, and, and I would just stare at that going, wow, that's, that's cool. That's, that's, that's the trophy you get for winning the Cotton Bowl. And games like that were so much bigger in, in the pre-playoff era. But the fact of the matter is we're playing for a trophy. We're playing for a trophy. You win it, you, you bring it home, and you put it in the football building, or you put it in the museum, and, and it's a big deal. we got to remember it is a big deal. It's a big deal to go to the Cotton Bowl, as an example, and win it. And, and we should be excited that we could finish the season 11-2 and two Cotton Bowl champions because I assure you there are a lot of programs that would like to take our place.
as an 11 and two cotton bowl champion. Yeah. And by the way, I just saw another uh, bowl projection that has us playing Baylor in the sugar bowl, which, you know, I mean, that I kind of don't uh, Baylor falls under the Memphis category for me because they don't have anybody leaving early either. And they will have, you know, they will be a fire will be lit under their ass for, by Matt rule, who is a very good coach and they hit you very, very hard. So if we don't come out prepared, they will beat us. Um, especially if we have and a lot one of thing, one thing out. about that, about that projection. And I don't know nothing about nothing, but my first response to that is that means Oklahoma beat Baylor. So they must be in the playoff or Oklahoma would be in the sugar bowl. So they have Oklahoma or they have Baylor beating Oklahoma and not making the playoff. And, 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 and then because Baylor beat Oklahoma, Baylor goes to a sugar bowl and Oklahoma goes to a lesser bowl. So I would need to know that projection, but more importantly, if Alabama's in the Sugar Bowl, does that mean that means one of two things? LSU and Georgia are in the playoff, which is possible, and that would likely put Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Or the Sugar Bowl flat out shows Alabama over Georgia. And I don't personally think that's fair, but on the other hand, Georgia played in the Sugar Bowl last year. If uh if Alabama is going to be in the orange and Georgia is going to be in the sugar, it makes some sense to switch that because Alabama played in the orange just last year and Georgia played in the sugar bowl just last year. And, and sometimes they worry the fans won't travel if it's to the exact same place two years in a row. So I doubt we would be in the sugar bowl. I really doubt that, but if, it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. I, I like that. You have covered every single base there. I don't think that'll happen, <laughs> but it could happen, and it very well but might, it but it probably Boy, shouldn't right. unless it does. Um, <laughs> that was any other that proof I'm a lawyer. If anybody had any doubts about my I, uh, legal background, that was it right there. Any other recruiting stuff out there you want to go over? Well, Coach is out in California today. He is uh, recruiting uh, Treshawn Holden. He's recruiting Bryce Young. Uh, stop over in Vegas to recruit the vitally important Darnell Washington, who might be as important as any uh, as any recruit that we're recruiting. He, he's a, he's a six star. He he would be an impact player and the most physically gifted tight end on our roster day one. So uh, so big day recruiting. Uh, if we were preparing for the SEC championship game, Nick would not be on the road doing these things. So I think we're making some lemonade out of the lemons. We finally get to recruit this week. Whereas in previous years, we're getting ready to play a game. You can't do both at the same time. You have to either get ready for a game or recruit. And we've been getting ready for a game. Most of the, most of the seasons recently, but uh, we'll see uh, Des Moines Kennedy snuck off and visited LSU. Uh, I, I don't believe he's going to flip LSU. I think he'll be, firmed up to Alabama this week and we'll sign with Alabama December 18th. I'm not too worried about that yet, but yet another cautionary tale. We, we, we offered Des Moines Kennedy a full year after LSU and Auburn did. So it's not like it might look like, you know, if he did flip to LSU, like, oh my gosh, LSU snuck in at the last minute. Actually, LSU has been recruiting him for a year longer than Alabama has, you know, so, so, uh, so it wouldn't exactly be a, they rode in at midnight and swiped him. Uh, no, so. But that said, I, I think Demoy Kennedy's sticking with Alabama, and, and uh, he's moved up to a five. Somebody's somebody made him a five star. Rivals. And, you know, I've seen I've seen a lot of Demoy, and as a matter of fact, I was talking about Demoy Kennedy way before anybody else was. I mean, I, I I was like 
why isn't this kid getting more attention? Now he gets a buttload of attention, and, and to me it's almost too much. Uh, I, I'm, as an evaluator, I don't like the fifth star to Des Moines just basically because he's very narrow in the hips and butt and upper legs. He's very narrow. It's hard to imagine him becoming a large person. I mean, he's roughly 205 right now. He might top out at 215 or 220. And I'm just not going to give five stars to a linebacker who may never be bigger than 215 pounds. That's not to say he can't be a good player. I know he'll be a good player. But a fifth star, that means he's sort of like a projected future first-round pick. And, and, and I just can't say that with a kid who, who has questions about his size. So I think the five star is too much. And I say that as a guy that was hollering about Des Moines Kennedy before anybody was. Well, you really are a lawyer. You flipping and flopping like some kind of <laughs> crappie caught on a I have to think, I've, talked about, I've talked about this before. I've talked about this before. When, when, whenever I find a guy, and it's usually local guys. As a matter of fact, I was watching a lot of tape today. When I find a local guy and you know, tell my friends in the recruiting industry, sort of hype the kid here and there, and no one has offered him, and I'm sort of one of the first to publicly scream out the name. And, and, and then I'm like, why is nobody talking Then all of a sudden he gets noticed, and then all of a sudden he racks up these offers, and then all this attention. When there gets to be so much attention, I'll, I sometimes psychologically have the reverse, the reverse effect. Then I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I never said that. You know, I, never, I never said he was a five-star. You know, I just said, you know, I never said, hey, he's a five-star guy. That was, that was never – that's kind of like too much for me. Uh, so it's just kind of funny how I like come out hyping <laughs> – I come out hyping the kids when they're two stars, and I'm like, two stars? This kid is unbelievable. And then they bump him up to a high four or five, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, let's not go so, nuts. Exactly. That, that, that's all I'm saying. Uh, really quickly, are you – you're not really into comic book movies. You know, they came out with the uh, Black Widow trailer. It's damn good. It's got uh, Scarlett Johansson in it, so you might be interested. <laughs> I actually, no, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't I don't know how to define what I, I certainly enjoy the heck out of the ones that are really good. I'm not going to watch any of them just for the sake of watching them. But if, 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 if they're good and the reviews are good, people watching it say, oh, this is great. I'll, I'll definitely see it and, and enjoy the heck out of it. Um, all right. Well, you need to go check out that SEC shorts just so you can be up to date. Um, I don't know how much energy you're, how much uh, battery power your 10D3000 has left in it, but see what you can do. Going to call an audible, (laughs) audible audible.com, audible.com, audible.com. Watch that SEC shorts thing and then do some business. I won't. I sounded like I I was going to the bathroom. Actual I was like, man, that's that is that is so awful. Please, I mean, you know, that, that's sort of like when you're trying to leave a situation, you're just trying to leave a conversation, and you say something really stupid. I'll never forget this, and I think I can say this on air. I was I was probably like twenty. I was twenty or twenty one. I've been drinking. Um, it was like we were having a a friend was having a house party. And they were big Auburn fans. And the mom comes down to check on us. And she's a huge all. I mean, just huge. And knows I'm a big Alabama fan. Um, they've been having a bad year. 
And she comes up to me and starts talking. She goes, well, I, I think we'll be okay. I said, yeah, you'll be, you'll be great next week. You can certainly beat off next week. They played, you know, they played nobody. They were idle. So I said, certainly you can beat off next week. And like every, everybody was like, what is wrong with you? And I was thinking, oh my God, that, you know, I didn't mean it any way like that at all, but it certainly came out that way. And I shouldn't have even said it came out that way. There's so many things I shouldn't say. I need to stop talking. Um, but anyway, so that's <laughs> like, yeah, the, this is why way, I have a counselor, Jimmy, but my, I've got business to do. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, this is why I have a counselor because I spend most of my day rehashing embarrassing moments from my life like this. <laughs> like One I still remember podcast. shit I did in the second grade. And I'm like, Oh, I'm such an idiot. And, and then every now and again, I go, you're 47. Stop do it worrying about that shit. You'll beat off next week. I mean, oh God, you did it again. These podcasts um, will be an embarrassing moment in our life one day. We'll look back on. Oh, there's no question. Oh, that was embarrassing. This isn't a, this I know this isn't a worry for you, but it is a worry for me that eventually one of my several kids will stumble upon this podcast and go, Dad, you 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 gotta you gotta stop. <laughs> You just you need to stop doing what you're doing and and uh concentrate on parenting. But podcasting's where yeah, I'm a like Viking. My mom, it's like when my mom asked me, Hey, you're a podcast, can I find it somewhere on the internet? I said, No, you can't yeah. find it there. It's not anywhere on the internet. It's at www.nunyadamnbusiness.com. Um <laughs> all, right. all right, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.